What's going on, everybody? Welcome into ACC Tailgate. I'm your host, Will Dalton, a.k.a. Wilbur and Gold. And we're on Chris Landry Football on a Monday. Every time I go, <laughs> every time I go uh, to say uh, on a whatever day it is, like I always pause on like, wait, wait, what day is it again? But it's Monday. Uh, best day of the week, in my opinion, because it's the first day of the week. Day we get going, day we get fired up, day we get into action. And damn it, just a day to be grateful for stuff. It's the first day of the week. I mean, how could you not be happy on a Monday? Um, a lot of good football this weekend. Maybe Drew Brees' last game. Uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of Hennessy memes on Twitter. Um, Jameis Winston threw a 56-yard touchdown. Uh, Patrick Mahomes got concussed. Lamar Jackson got concussed. That part obviously isn't good. Uh, what else? Tom Brady is like never ages at all. Uh, what else? Josh Allen, Bills, played well. Uh, Rams did not. Aaron Rodgers played well. Uh, Browns played well and they came up short and yeah, that's it on a Monday. Here we go. ACC tailgate, Chris Landry football, getting fired up. Uh, welcome into our first viewer. All, also, by the way, I'm going to mention this a little later on in on the show when we have more viewers in here. So we're going to have a change, uh, to our show schedule. As you know, uh, for the most part, I mean, there's been certain, uh, Obviously, there's been certain days where we didn't do a show, like, you know, on holidays or when, you know, Notre Dame and Clemson were both playing in the college football playoff. We all wanted to watch the game. But our, our regular schedule is Monday, Friday, 7 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, we're going to be changing that. Uh, my schedule, as I mentioned on the last episode, is about to get a little, not as about, it is, uh, as of last week, getting a little tricky. Um where I'm not going to be able to do shows on Friday nights. And I was debating, uh, and also, well, uh, hello to our podcast. I always got to remember to do that because I, I'm doing, we're obviously doing the show live right now on Twitch, but afterwards, uh, I, I always got to remember to say hello to our podcast listeners. I'm glad to grace your ears for a good 45 minutes to an hour every Monday and Friday. But no, uh, Fridays is getting a little difficult because I, again, I, as I mentioned before, I do play by play. Uh, broadcasting for William Peace University in Raleigh, North Carolina. And their basketball schedule is going to be Fridays, Sundays, Fridays, Sundays. And then baseball is going to pick up, and that'll be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So just Fridays is basically going to be impossible for me to do a show, especially late in the day. And originally, I, uh, when I was talking to Chris Landry about it, I was like, well, you know, what, may, he originally we were going to maybe do early in the day, uh, 11 o'clock, Eastern time on Mondays and Fridays. But even though, honestly, it worked better for me to just wipe Friday out completely because Fridays can be a bit tricky for me. So moving forward, I wanted to do one more show regularly scheduled today uh, just to make sure I informed you guys uh, what was going on. But as of Thursday, we're going to be moving the show to Tuesdays and Thursdays at 11 a.m. Tuesdays and Thursdays at 11 a.m. So after today, uh, there will be no more ACC tailgate on Monday, Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern time going forward. Beginning this Thursday, 
right here on uh, Chris Landry Football. We're going to be Tuesdays and Thursdays at 11 a.m. Eastern time. So set your clock. Um, but a few things before we get going. Uh, I got a lot of – so uh, today I got a few things I want to get into, obviously, because, you know, if I didn't have anything I wanted to get into, we wouldn't be doing a show. Uh, um Obviously, some NFL football I want to get into, some specific things, uh, something to do. I have a segment I want to get into that's actually going to revolve around a former ACC football player, current NFL. Uh, We're going to get into that. Welcome into our new viewers uh, popping in here. Hope you're doing well on a Monday. Hope you had a good weekend. Hope if you pull for any of the teams that were in the playoffs this weekend, hope you turned out on the right side of it. and I guess now that we got some new viewers, I'll go ahead and keep the announcement going. We are changing our schedule. Uh, so ACC tailgate no longer Monday and Friday. It's after today's show, no longer Monday, Friday. It's uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time. It's going to be Tuesdays and Thursdays at 11 a.m. Eastern times going forward starting this Thursday. Um, just want to make you guys aware of that. But uh, no, I want to get into uh, a story that's been building up a lot of momentum over the last week revolving uh, a particular NFL player that's got ties to the ACC, uh, big ties to the ACC. Uh, Also, kind of expanding and continuing on with our expansion uh, here on ACC Tailgate as far as more content outside of the ACC and college sports world, you know, getting into more professional and not just NFL because today we're going to get into some NBA stuff. I want to start, you know, when I say variety, I don't mean just football. I mean like NBA, MLB, Padres are about to be disgusting, by the way. We'll probably get into that at a later time, but if you follow it, the Padres are about to be. The Padres are a team that were already pretty disgusting on the offensive side of the ball uh, at the end of their season this past year. But good God, they're, they just went from gross to absolutely filthy over this offseason. So we'll probably get into that as well. Um, but yeah, I'm going to get into the NBA today a little bit. I want to talk a little about, uh, James Harden to the nets and some thoughts I have on that. Um, and then obviously, uh, I want to get into, uh, urban Meyer going to the Jags. I got some thoughts on the, you know, how urban Meyer, the Jags, Trevor Lawrence all connects together. Uh, I want to, I got some thoughts on that. Uh, but right here out of the gate, uh, 22. So it came out 22 ACC all Americans. Uh, after this football season, which by the, I mean, obviously it, it was like the theme of my first couple of shows of ACC tailgate. Um, I don't even know what episode this is. We've been, we've been doing this for a little while now. Um, I remember talking about how, uh, God, just AC, ACC football this year was something else, man. Like, again, I'm like, I'm like beating the dead horse over here, but it's just facts. Like in a year where we had COVID. Oh, and by the way, for our live viewers, I'm keeping an eye on the comment section. So if you want to get your, if you've got questions or comments that you want to get in here featured live on the show, I would love to do that for you. I want to, uh, we've had some good uh, Spartan Barton. I hope you're in here. Maybe you are, maybe you aren't. He will be if he's not already. He's been like our main guy. Uh, I love engaging in the comments because comments are so important for me personally uh, because it gives me more content to work with, you know, it, and it gets me to engage with the viewers 
uh, live on the air. And that's to me, that's really fun because it's it's very spontaneous and kind of just off the cuff, off the top of the head, spare of the moment type thing. Uh, and it, it's 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 as real as it gets because you ask me something on the air. If I don't know, I'm just going to like, listen, I don't know. It's not something I spent a lot of time on. I'm just going to tell like it. I, so I love comments. And again, it continues. You know, I really am trying to build a community here. And comments is literally the best way for that to happen because it gets me and you engaged. <clears throat> ah, dried up a little bit. Um, so, yeah, please get in the comments section if you got anything for me. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, but in a year where we had COVID and a year where we didn't even know how sports were going to look or even be or if they were going to be at all. Uh, you know, college was a little trickier than professional, you know, because, again, professional, that that's the it, one of the main issues with college athletics is, you know, professional sports, you've got a commissioner. You've got a governing body that says this is how we are all – we are all doing it. This is the way it is. We lay out a plan that works best for all of us, and this is what we're going with. College, not so much. It's like well, the Big Ten's doing one thing. The Pac-12's doing another thing. The SEC and the ACC were kind of on the same page for the most part. They're doing another thing. There was no governing body to say this is how we're all doing it. There was none of that. It was very all over the freaking place. And it, it, could be, it's, it was a little scattered and kind of messy at times, but it all worked out in the end, which is all that matters. It's not all that matters, but it, it's the main thing that matters. It worked out in the end. And in a year where we didn't know what if we were even going to have ACC football, we were very blessed with an incredibly talented year of ACC football. I mean, between Carolina and, and not to mention, again, something I've harped on. Not only do we not know what it was going to look like or if we were going to get ACC football, this is following year where ACC football was trash. This is following year where Clemson's credibility was literally questioned because of how bad the competition was in the ACC. That's what we came from last year. And and this year you had Clemson, you had Notre Dame, you had UNC, you had Miami. At one point you had Virginia Tech. You had Boston College on the come up. You had NC State on the come up. You had uh, who else? You know, Pitt was decent at first and they went into the tank. Um you had all of these great teams, and it's only going to build onto itself next year. Uh, and in that spirit, actually, so so again, I say all to say we had 22, 22 All-Americans from the ACC this year, which is just incredible. But in that spirit, since we were talking about next year building on itself, so the, the uh, ESPN way too early top 25 naturally came out right after the national championship the other night where Bama won. Um, so this is, hang on, let me get my fucking name out of the way. Um, so this is what you're working with. Way too early, top 25. Uh, Clemson comes in at number one, which I think a lot of people were surprised that they came in at number one and not Alabama. I, I don't know what Alabama's bringing in, so it's hard for me to actually say, but it doesn't surprise me that Clemson's number one just for the simple fact that I got a pretty damn good idea what you, DJ uh, Youngalele. I'm trying to get better at his name because I'm about to have to be saying it a lot more when he's actually the starter for Clemson uh, next year. So DJ Youngalele, I think that's it. 
Uh, he's going to be incredible, and we already saw what he could do uh, on the on the biggest, well, not the biggest stage, but a big primetime stage against you know a top two team in the nation, Notre Dame, when he threw for like four hundred some yards, threw several touchdowns, and set a record. Uh, for opponents playing at Notre Dame, uh, you know Notre Dame obviously ended up winning it, but he put up incredible numbers for only his second college start, or I believe it was his second college start. So he's going to be incredible to watch. Um, I hear that they're bringing in uh, a really, really, really good recruiting class. I don't know the details on it at the moment, but I know it's deep, and I think I'm hoping. I'm not hoping because I'm a Carolina fan, but uh, for the sake of them being good and better, I hope that they're able to get something figured out on both the O and the defensive lines because that's ultimately where they lost to Ohio State was in the trenches, I think. And then obviously Clemson's secondary was garbage and got exposed, so we'll see how that goes. So top four, you got Clemson, Bama, Oklahoma's back in the mix in the top four at three, and then you got Georgia number four, followed by Ohio State, then Texas A&M, and this is where the ACC starts it up again. Carolina at number seven, which I'm obviously ecstatic about because you see the sign right there. Uh, doesn't surprise me because I, 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 you know, you remember I said it, you know, after, even, even though they lost to Texas A&M in the, in the Orange Bowl, I felt like the way that they were able to compete, considering that, Michael Carter, top rushing uh, running back in the ACC, out. Uh, Chaz Surratt, the best defender on Carolina, out. And then Deami Brown, top receiver in the ACC, out. So the top three players on your team, oh, I don't know, just happened to be the top three players. I don't know where Chaz Surratt ranked. I don't think he was in the top, but he was the best defender on Carolina. But Deami Brown and Michael Carter, it's like your best players who happen to be the top leaders at that position in the ACC are out obviously because they wanted to you know this wasn't the national championship and it was a big bowl game but it wasn't the national championship game so obviously you don't you know a lot of people are going to have mixed emotions about players who you know skip out on a game like the Orange Bowl but at the end of the day they're thinking about their future they're thinking big picture and you know I get it because I've been there. I understand it a little more now, so I don't really get so worked up about it. Obviously, I was like, "Damn, they're out," you know, you know, because I, 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 I almost wonder if Carolina probably could have won that game if those guys would have been in. But understanding the business side of this thing now more than I did as a, you know, just a little Carolina fan growing up, I gotta say, like, they're planning for the future. They, do, their draft stock is as high as it's gonna get. They're the leaders at their position in the ACC. Like I get it, you know, and, and, you know, we see it in the NBA with load management. Now, granted that is lessening up a little bit because it's almost getting to the point where like, all right, some of these guys aren't playing enough, but we see it just, your people are getting smarter and learning how to manage themselves better and, and manage their health better. And, you know, when your stock is that high, Unless you're playing for the national title, you don't necessarily want to risk it. I mean, you could get hurt. Something could happen. It's like, so what? I won the Orange Bowl, but I completely jeopardized my NFL career. Like, so those are things like you got to look at in the big picture. So I get it. And everybody's going to have a different take on it. Um, 
you know, it's just, it's just a fact of the matter. Things are different nowadays than they used to be, and that's just the way it's always going to be. So moral of the story is wasn't surprised that Carolina ended up at number seven because of the fight that they were able to put up against Texas A&M, who was basically on the top four bubble for the college football championship playoff picture. Um, and then obviously A&M took it away in the fourth, but Carolina hung with them through three without their best three players. So um, what else? Got Iowa State 8, USC 9, Indiana 10, Cincinnati 11, 12, Iowa, Oregon 13. They're down quite a bit. Uh, Washington 14. Notre Dame drops quite a bit at 15. Uh, and again, I've, I've talked about it. I don't know at the moment all that they're bringing back. Ian Book is not going to be in that list. I don't know what else they're bringing back, what they're not bringing back, what they're getting and recruiting. Uh, I would assume they got a pretty damn good recruiting class, but they drop all the way to 15. Uh, Florida drops quite a bit as well. 16, Wisconsin, 17, Ole Miss, 18, Louisiana, 19. Um, LSU, 20, 21 is Texas, Penn State, 22. Coastal Carolina, 23, Liberty, 24. And then Miami uh, rounds it out at 25, which... Isn't surprising for me because uh, now we'll see how Derek King uh, comes back from his injury, which I, I assume he'll be just fine. But that that doesn't surprise me at all that Miami ended up back in the top twenty-five because they're bringing back a good amount of talent. I'm pretty sure, and I think they're going to be adding on to it as well. And for me personally, what does it all is the fact that Derek King decided to come back for his extra year of eligibility he got because of uh, time he missed because of COVID, I think is why he got that. Um, I, I I think that... I just think Derek King was a big reason why they they were at number 10 for the most part this season. That 10, 11, 12 range, they were around there for most of the season. I think he was a big reason and the main reason because of it. It wasn't because of their defense. And to me, much like Carolina, only Carolina's a little bit better situation because offensively they're a powerhouse. If you put a defense in the mix for that, just a solid defense, that's trouble. For Miami, they don't have the explosive explosivity. Could I say T word? Explosivity that Carolina does offensively, but they do have it at the quarterback position of Derek King. So depending on what they're bringing and bringing back, if you can, elevate your defense i think miami could be in the mix again you know not at the top but i think they could be just as good maybe even a little better next year than they were this year if they're able to get a little bit you know of that prowess back that they're known for uh at the defensive side of the ball so anyway that's the way too early espn way too early top 25 uh, a few other little things before we really get going uh, Got to give a shout-out to uh, Louisville and NC State women's basketball teams. Uh, they are the one, one Louisville, two NC State uh, in the top 25 on the women's side of things. And it's actually the first time that Louisville's as good as they've been you know, over the last several years. This is the first time they've been ranked number one. Uh, so it's the one thing – it's the one sport that I can actually say that NC State – 
is legit elite in and doesn't trip over themselves and shoot themselves in the foot all the time is women's basketball. That's, that's the that's the one sport that I can't raz NC State about. You know, I can raz them in football a little bit less so this year, but I still will. Uh, I can definitely raz them in basketball, even though they beat Carolina this year. Don't want to talk about it. Um, but you can't say much about them in in women's basketball. So, and then also speaking of basketball on the men's side. I don't know how you say his last name because I haven't really spent a lot of time trying. To, I just see it in passing. But this dude for Pitt, just I call his last. I, I say his last name Champagne. Uh, just this dude, Justin Champagne. That's not actually his last name, but damn it, that's what I'm going with because it's memorable for me. Uh, Justin Champagne. He's been balling out for Pitt. Uh, also. Uh, Leonard Fournette got his 20th consecutive home win in ACC play, longest streak in program history the other day. Um, And then also, three teams currently in the top 25 in the ACC. You got Virginia Tech, or excuse me, you got UVA at 13, Virginia Tech at 16, Clemson at 20. Did you think you would ever see anything like that in the ACC where Virginia Tech and Clemson were in the top 25, but Duke and Carolina wasn't. I know I didn't. And I got to say, shout out to Clemson, because Clemson was a team last year. <clears throat> you know, they they got a few notable wins. I believe one of them was against Duke. They got a few notable wins, and they went on. They actually, they beat, which wasn't saying much last year, they beat Carolina and Duke last year and NC State. They completed the trifecta in the Carolinas. <clears throat> Um, Clemson, I, I, Clemson, you could, they were, they were not going to be in the conversation to get in the March, uh, the NCAA tournament last year. They were, they were just close enough to maybe hope it and uh, just hope it, you know, they, they, they weren't going to actually get in. They weren't like on the bubble, but they were kind of like, they were kind of like close to the bubble where they could. Smell it, but not actually be in the conversation. So they just could kind of, I guess, see what it was all about. But Clemson, they are very well coached. I forget the coach's name. Let me, let me, I got his face right in my head. Uh, Brad Brownell. I I knew as soon as I saw it, I was going to be upset at myself because I know it's one of those deals where like, you know his name, but because you haven't thought about it in so long, you forgot his name. But his face was as clear as day in my head. Uh, really funny dude, actually. I remember I got to uh, meet him for like two minutes uh, last year at the ACC Basketball Media Day. Really cool, funny dude. Um, and I'm happy for him. Like As a Carolina fan, I'm happy for him. that I was happy for him last year because Clemson, again, Clemson had some notable wins last year. And this year, it's like, Again, I mean they're ranked, so obviously it's like they're making a little noise this year. So I'm I'm happy for Coach Brownell uh, and Clemson on the basketball side of things. So let's see here, real quick before I get into uh, some uh, real quick before I get into my next segment, before I get into my uh, get into a little bit of uh, NFL NFL draft. Trevor Lawrence stuff. Uh, real quick. Did I say real quick? Um, 
I got to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, uh, American Betting Experts. Uh, they sponsor us here at ACC Tailgate and all our other shows on Chris Landry Football. We've teamed with them uh, to provide you guys a special gaming offer as for all our podcast listeners as well. And all you're going to want to do is you go to our website, LandryFootball.com. You click on the ad that's in the upper right side of the page. Pick among the gaming sites that are legal in your state. Bet, bet MGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, PointsBet, what have you. Um you're going to sign up, instantly receive an account deposit match or risk-free bet. It goes from $100 all the way to $1,000, and it's literally that simple. So we appreciate American betting experts, as always, for sponsoring our show. We appreciate our audience for watching our show. We, we appreciate all of you guys, of course, because uh, you're who we do this for. So Urban Meyer has been named new head coach of the Jags. And, you know, there's a saying that, you know, match made in heaven. It's just perfect. It's, it's just too perfect. And, and honestly, when I heard the rumors that Urban Meyer, you know, because obviously, you know, names like Urban Meyer, Lincoln Riley, um, those names have kind of been passed around over the last couple of seasons as far as potential col- former or current college coaches that could take one of these NFL head coaching jobs. But when I heard that Urban Meyer was in the conversation for the, the head coach of the Jags, it almost... It, it was almost just like, yep, he's going to take it because it's just, it's too perfect. Again, the Jags, they have the number one overall pick. They're going to take Trevor Lawrence. And not to mention, Urban Meyer already has a home in Florida. Urban Meyer is a legend in Florida from his time with the Florida Gators. Um, and the Jags got a lot of cap space. A lot of cap space. And you factor in, and to me, this was the cherry, I don't even want to say the cherry on top. This was like the steak of this entire meal that I'm setting before you about why Urban Meyer, the Jags, and Trevor Lawrence is a match made in heaven that is going to be very, very special and fun to watch is because Urban Meyer is a coach that is a legendary college football coach. And in other words, he's got experience working with young quarter college level quarterbacks. Uh young college level quarterbacks and he's had success. Not not only has he got experience, he's got a lot of success doing that with many different quarterbacks. So he's inter. Why I think one of the the main reason I think this is such a perfect fit is because he's entering familiar territory. Obviously, this is the NFL. He's going to, but in a way, it's going to look like exactly what he's used to—an elite college quarterback. Only this college quarterback is coming to the NFL, named Trevor Lawrence. And to me, what makes it different. You know, you know, a lot of times 
you know, a, a coach like an Urban Meyer will get a job in the NFL, but it's different because a lot of times the quarterback you're dealing with might be, you know, kind of, you know, a, a veteran quarterback or a quarterback that's been in the league for a while and is in his prime or, and they, and they might be, and again, it depends on who the quarterback is, but you could be getting a quarterback that has their own way of doing things and could be a little bit less coachable. Um, not always, but it, again, it depends on who it is. But in this situation, you're getting a quarterback coming straight from Clemson. So basically what Urban Meyer is used to, only his his he was at Ohio State, but an elite college program. He's already used to dealing with quarterbacks and working with co- quarterbacks like Trevor Lawrence. This is it. He's not even going to miss a beat. I mean, it, it's like going right back to what he was already doing. And to me, like all of those things make this an incredibly, I mean, it's like the puzzle was made for each other. So again, why is this such a great fit? Well, Urban Meyer's already got a home in Florida. That's a part of it. You know, that's, that's, that's like home life things. And that's important for making professional life work. You got to make sure things are good at the house. He He's already a Florida legend. It's going to be good for branding. It's going to be good for business. It's going to be good for fans when they come back. Um, That's going to be good. Again, Urban Meyer, really, really, really good coach. Always several steps ahead of everybody else, at least when he was in the college game. And he's kind of handled himself that way uh, as, as an analyst as well. No reason to speculate he'd be any different as an NFL head coach. But the biggest part of it, Oh, and also a lot of cap space the Jags have to work with. But again, the biggest part of it all that makes this a match made in heaven, Urban Meyer isn't going to be working with some veteran quarterback that's rigid and stuck in his way. He's not going to be working with some hot shot, hot shot quarterback that's in his prime and he's got his own way of doing things. He's not working with that. He's working with Trevor Lawrence, arguably the GOAT of college quarterbacks. An elite college quarterback and what is urban meyer used to winning with and coaching elite college level quarterbacks and this is going to be no different so that's going to be fun to watch um i can't wait like i and you know what just to just to put a bow on that little segment i we've been talking about it from the urban meyer side of it i think that's the best fit for trevor lawrence too even better than the Jets. I'm not saying that he couldn't succeed with the Jets, but you're going out of the New York spotlight. I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence can handle it, but it's less to deal with. That's, that's just a fact. You're, you're not going to have to deal with the Jets' culture. You're not going to have to deal with it. I'm not saying the Jets aren't going to improve and, and and fix things because with the new hire at their head coach from the 49ers, I actually think they're on the right track. I, I you know, it's going to take a little time, I think, to build something over there. But I think they will eventually do it. But just in case, just in case, Trevor Lawrence isn't going to have to deal with that Jets culture that's been just a circus as of the last, oh, I don't know, several decades. He's not going to have to deal with that. He's not going to have to deal with the New York spotlight. And he's 
And he's just, he's going to be, in my opinion, in the best situation that's possible for him. Especially now that Urban Meyer's coming to work with him. I mean, he's going to feel right at home. Urban Meyer's going to feel right at home, literally, because he, again, he's got a home in Florida. But it's just going to be, it's so perfect. And they got so much cap space to build around those two. It's going to be, it's going to be something. That's all I got at that. I'm just telling you, it's going to be something. Um, so, since we're talking about Clemson quarterbacks, well, now Trevor Lawrence is an ex-Clemson quarterback. Let's talk about another ex-Clemson quarterback that's been in the news lately. And that is Deshaun Watson. Now, I have not had much of an opportunity to flex my Panthers fandom on you guys, just because we haven't, I haven't talked a lot. Of, you know, I haven't done many segments about the Panthers. Um, but now I've got a chance to, only because I want to, damn it. Um, because, I mean, hey, it ties into the ACC, ex-Clemson quarterback. It, it's relevant because it's been the, the, the uh, attention around this story has been growing over the last week. Uh, and then... Again, Panthers fan, so it, it concerns me. So, and I find it interesting, not not just because I'm a, a Panthers fan, but because it, it actually I find it interesting. So, I, I heard a rumor, or Ian Rappaport reported this morning on Twitter or last night, whenever it was, that the Carolina Panthers could potentially be in the market to go after Deshaun Watson. And to me, obviously, a lot of teams, a few teams have been thrown out there. The 49ers, and um, I don't know, the 49ers is the one that sticks out to me the most. I forget who else was in that conversation. I don't know. 49ers, that's the one that sticks out to me the most. Um, but Ian Rappaport reported that the Panthers could be in that mix. And honest, honestly, it makes sense to me because ever since. David Tepper, owner of the Panthers, has really. So, if you're not, you know, if you're not a Panther fan or you don't follow it, the league closely, you're not, you know, just just to brush up with you. Over the last year, basically beginning with the firing of Coach Ron Rivera, which I get it because. David Tepper was ready to finally put his fingerprint on the Panthers, but on the football side of things. As soon as he got in the building, he started doing it on the business side of things. But he kind of wanted to wait a couple of years to see what the deal was on the football side of things. And beginning with the firing of Coach Ron Rivera with, I believe, four weeks left to go in the season, I think it was, last year, which I didn't like because... You know, Ron Rivera is one of the most beloved human, forget coach, human beings in the league. And I mean, you're hearing it on the Washington football team that Chase Young even said it. We'd, we would literally run through a wall for that guy. And it's true. The Panthers felt the same way. I mean, it was like a funeral uh, procession the day that Ron Rivera made his final, you know, farewell and speech and, you know, the goodbyes and everything. It was like a funeral down in Charlotte. I mean, he's just that good and of a human being. And so anyway, that was kind of the first chess move that David Tepper made as far as 
putting his stamp on the football side of things. And then they cleaned the house. It started with Ron Rivera, Cam Newton, Greg Olson, many, 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 many others. Really the only ones that remain notably from the previous roster was Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore receiver, and Curtis Samuel receiver. And then maybe a few others that aren't as notable, but those are the big ones. I don't know, man. Like Deshaun Watson to the Carolina Panthers would, that would be interesting. I think. And, and honestly, you know, Finishing up on my point about David Tepper, the moral of the story is they've basically spent the last year building the foundation for the future. I mean, they only they had five. I think they went five and twelve. They had five wins. I don't remember how many losses they had. They had five wins this year. I predicted that they would have four. Um, you know, I, when you just look, and, and you know what, their season went exactly the way I thought it would go. Only they won five games and not four like I thought. But they lost the way I thought they would lose. Because on paper and quietly, the Panthers had a really good offseason last year. Really good offseason. I mean, on paper, they had the makings of a really solid team. The O-line was still kind of a problem. And that showed in the season. But for the most part, they, they had a little... They had the makings of something. They they had the found they were building the foundation for something. So I knew they weren't going to win a lot of games this year. But I didn't think they would not be competitive. So they lost the way I thought they would lose. In other words, I use the word tanking because it's just what it is. But it wasn't like intentional tanking. It was just tanking in the sense that I knew they wouldn't win a lot of games. They, I thought that they would be competitive and be in most of their games. I just didn't think they would do enough to win those games. Not that they just played bad. They just didn't have enough to win the games. And that's about what happened. I mean, most of the games they lost were by like a possession. Um, and, and, the, and the thing is, they didn't have Christian McCaffrey for most of that. So actually, the Panthers overachieved this year. And, you know, us Panthers fans, we know that. Um, we got a comment. Uh... Let's see here. Moink. That's how I'm going to say it. Moink203 Reformed. Yo, what's up, my guy? Uh, glad to have you in here. Glad to have you watching the show. Um, but nah, man, like... I forgot where I was. So yeah, Carolina overachieved considering they didn't have Christian McCaffrey for most of it. So... I personally think, because I already thought the Panthers was going to be better next year. I personally think that if you get Deshaun Watson, and the reason I think it could happen is because David Tepper has been so aggressive. I mean, he was aggressive in firing Ron Rivera like that. He was a uh, he wasn't aggressive with Cam Newton because I think they hung him out to dry and left him not, you know, I think they held on to him too long. But the point is they cleaned the house. They got, I mean, no emotional attachment whatsoever. Ron Rivera, gone. Cam Newton, gone. Greg Olson, gone. These are dudes that's been there for almost a decade and have been found. Di- Pause. Moink 203 reformed. I have to give you, give you a moment of appreciation. Yes. Star Wars. 
Star Wars. Hey, this is an ACC sports show, but damn it, you're going to see Star Wars stuff in the background. That, that's just a given. Big Star Wars fan. Big Star Wars junkie. So I appreciate you for appreciating that and noticing that. That I like that. Uh, back to the Panthers. It is. He says that's pretty sick. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, so back to the Panthers. You, I'm sorry. You mentioned Star Wars, and it's like my mind just gone. I'm, I'm, I'm like a dog chasing a bone. You mentioned Star Wars. I'm like, yeah, I'm just gone. Um, but yeah, man, the Panthers, I think if you add Deshaun Watson to the Panthers, that completely changes the game because you had a team that was slowly building a, a foundation for the future. And I think they're, they were on the right track considering they, again, they didn't have Christian McCaffrey for most of the season, but then I don't, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is it for the long haul for the Panthers. I don't, I didn't when they got him. Um, I hoped that maybe the Panthers might be in the mix to get God somehow a Trevor Lawrence. They didn't lose enough games to do that. Maybe Justin Fields. They haven't lost enough games to do that. In fact, I think they've got the eighth pick, so they may end up trading it. I don't know what they're going to do with it. So they they're not they they were not in a position to get Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence. But I, if we would have been, I thought that I didn't. I never thought Teddy. He was signed for three years. This was the first one. I never thought Teddy Bridgewater was it for the long haul. Just never did. Um, I'm not. I I like him. I really like him as a human being. I think he's a solid quarterback. But I think that he was a little bit inflated because I I think I think his stock was a little bit inflated because I think I mean. He had a top five O-line in New Orleans last year when he filled in and went undefeated for in Drew Brees' absence. Panthers had one of the worst O-lines, and that's what he was coming to, so I knew that was going to be a problem, although his scrambling and ability to make things happen on the fly was a lot better than I realized. So shout out Teddy Bridgewater on that. But I never thought he was it for the long haul. Never did. Uh, I thought he might could get the job done this year, maybe next year. But if you get Desha- so so, if you get Deshaun Watson, you're immediately in the conversation. It's like the cherry on top. It's like we go from, you know, building a foundation for the future. We're coming there step by step, slowly to, boom. How you doing? We're here. We're ready to go, because. Here's the thing that I like about Deshaun Watson. And again, Cam Newton is my favorite player as of this very second. Um, but listen, I'm, I'm also objective about it. The dude never was a great passer. Now, he's gotten worse. He was good enough back in the day when we went to the Super Bowl. But he was never a great passer. Deshaun Watson is. And he can run. He can do both. You pair that with arguably the best run. You know, Kamara might have something to say about that. Uh, Saquon Barkley, we haven't seen him in basically two years, so we'll see what he has to say about that. But arguably, one the best running back in the league right now, Christian McCaffrey. You pair him with Deshaun Watson, 
you talk about the things that they could run, play at, you know, you don't know if McCaffrey's running it. You don't know if Watson's going to run it. The play action stuff that they could pair together with those two would be lethal. And if you get some type of okay protection at the O-line, there's going to be problems because on the other side of the ball, the Panthers' defense, it's already – the foundation's set. They did. They took care of that. I mean, Jeremy Chin, we saw that. They took care of that in the draft, and I'm sure they're only going to build on it on this year's draft. I'm telling you, that's what happens. And this is the lesson here, not just in football, but this is for – this is anything in life. When you take the time and you have the patience – Nothing good is going to come overnight. Nothing good, 99.9%, nothing good is going to happen overnight. You're going to have to work for it and be patient. Most people aren't. But if you are willing to do the tedious work and be patient and actually build a foundation and you do all of the right things and you don't try and cut corners, you might get lucky. Now, it hadn't happened yet, but it could. You might get lucky and a Deshaun Watson comes along and completely sends you so much further along. But had the Panthers not been doing that and, you know, just trying to cut corners to, you know, maybe be somewhat competitive, maybe make the playoffs this year, but it was like there was no depth to it. You know, there wasn't a foundation under it. It was just kind of, putting th- something together on the fly to make it work, it, you, it, it's completely different. But when you take the time to build a foundation and then a Deshaun Watson comes along and you put that on top of a good foundation, that's what happens. That's what happens when you're patient and you do the right things and you don't cut corners. You might just get rewarded and you might get to speed up your process. Panther, I already thought the Panthers were going to get there, but if they get Deshaun Watson, they're there next year, period. And the biggest part of it to me that I think it actually works outside of what I already said with McCaffrey and the play action stuff, Deshaun Watson has really good ties to the Carolinas from his days at Clemson. He's already got ties here in the Carolinas, North and South Carolina. And I think that would be great for the fan base. That would be great for his brand. And I just think that he would be the cherry on top to the new culture that the Panthers are trying to build for the future. So that's interesting. And on that note, we're out of time. I appreciate everybody who tuned in. I appreciate Moink. 203 reformed uh for giving me some comments i appreciate you for appreciating my star wars uh stuff up here and uh that's only going to grow by the way because um i'm actually moving so my little studio setup here is basically my bedroom i'm actually moving into a new apartment over the next month next month and so i'm going to have more space and more Star Wars stuff. So ain't no telling what you're going to see back there uh, over the next month. So you keep an eye out on that. Uh, But again, appreciate you guys for tuning in. Appreciate our podcast listeners. Appreciate American betting experts. Um, 
and then I appreciate everybody who watches after this is posted on Twitch. Uh, and again, uh, last time I'll mention it and then we'll get out of here. Uh, from now on, this is our last show on our Monday, Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern time schedule. We're moving to Tuesday, Thursday at 11 a.m. Uh, I know that's kind of an extreme change you know, going from night to late morning, but it works better for me and my schedule. So remember, starting this Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern time, that'll be we're going Tuesdays, Thursdays, 11 a.m. Eastern time from here on out. ACC tailgate here on Chris Landry Football. Appreciate everybody tuning in, uh, and we'll see you on Thursday. Have a good one.